Welcome back to episode 116 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we love to uh, dive into the glories of ratings gain and success, but unfortunately, that's not the norm. So we are happy to look at the plateaus and even sometimes the pits of despair. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. And I do want to thank our queen level supporters, especially our new supporter, Scott Joe. Scott D4B6 Joe with love from the North Noobs. Uh, then we have Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Donna Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, Lindsey Newhall, Jeff Peterson, Tobias Rice, Bob Berger, Nicholas Harrigan, Rich, Bradley Fenner, Fletcher Ray, Nathan Peterson, Christian Glaw, and King level supporter Ian Samples. Uh, I haven't been streaming much on Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grounds, but every now and then you might be able to catch me. Um, and if you want to appear on the show, it's best to fill out the Google form in the show notes. We do all want to hear your story. You can also DM me on Twitter. That's open. And if you are interested in Noel Studer's next level training program, you can use the code in the show notes below and it helps support the show. You get an awesome training program. It's a win-win. And I haven't said this in a while. So, uh, if you are listening to the show and you're like, Hmm, I don't want to do any of those things, but I do want to support the show. Five-star reviews on Apple, uh, podcasts are great. If you hate the show, you know, you can send me your own one-star review. You don't have to post it there. It's up to you. You can just send it personally. Okay. So today I want to bring in our guest of the hour. We have Tim. He is a chess improver who is still sort of early on his journey. And I got the great pleasure of meeting him recently at what I believe was his first tournament. So I'm really excited to kind of follow up with him, see what got him to that tournament and see how he's been doing since. So Tim, thanks so much for joining the show. And uh, have you played any chess yet today? Oh, thank you, Kevin. Delighted to be here. I have played uh, just a slight amount of chess, um, solved a few puzzles out of the uh, the puzzle book I'm working through this morning. Might get a rapid game in later today. Okay, and what is the puzzle book you're currently working from? It's a Polgar Intermediate um, Tactics puzzle book recommended by my coach, who I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. I'm working through the pins chapter right now. Oh, very nice. Okay, pins are always fun. Um, okay, so it's not like the giant mate in twos one that the chess Jojo loves so much. No, it's not. You got to build your build your way up to that one, I think. Okay, okay, so we're building our way up. Excellent. Okay, well, Tim, um, I guess let's start with uh, going all the way back. Did you play chess at all as a kid? Uh, is your first experience with chess recently? When did you pick up chess for the first time? So I remember playing a little bit maybe when I was. 10 um uh not a native angelino might be able to tell i'm from liverpool england originally and uh, the, the school uh, the elementary school i went to did have a chess club and I, I played a little bit and then didn't really touch it again um for you know another very long time um maybe played the odd game throughout the next 20 or so years but really picked it up about two years ago uh, i'm nearly 40 so late 30s um and really think my chess journey started back yeah about two years ago Okay. Interesting. So is this inspired at all by the Queen's Gambit or did something else inspire your journey? So uh watched the Queen's Gambit, loved it, bought a chess set, put it in the cupboard, didn't touch it for a while. What actually uh prompted it was um during Carlson Nepo, I just happened to stumble across in uh in the news app. I, I use a, a live blog of one of the games and I kind of got hooked from there. Um I realize now how little i knew about like the chess world chess engines the complexity the beauty of the game 
but but that's kind of what hooked my interest and then it's been a, a gradual ratcheting up of it um but since then interesting what was it about carlson nepo that kind of grabbed you was it like the depth that this blogger was talking about was it the drama of it what what grabbed you i think it was as much about me and where i was in my life and kind of you know in the job i was in i've been there in a while just wanting to find something to pique my interest something intellectual to think about that wasn't work and, and this kind of fell into my lap mm-hmm. um and the amazing amount of chess resources which are available which i continue to go into um really help fill that fill that need but um yeah maybe the the chess lover was always inside me maybe uh but it just took the right time in my life for it to come out okay so what were your first steps there so you see so you see this blogger you, you get a little interest in the game did you go to google and you're like chess like how how do you even start this journey I think I, I even worse than that. I think I probably Google chess openings. So my oh, first real, no. oh. yeah, and I I don't feel I went too far off the uh, too okay. far off the you know the deep end with with openings, and we'll we'll talk about kind of what I've done and haven't done. But um, the chesswebsite.com, uh, the videos by I think his name's Kevin too. Uh, the little like seven ten minute bite size videos um, going through all the different openings. Mm. Uh, downloaded chess.com, played against the bots. Um, and at the time, I had a really long, a pretty long commute on my on, on my drive. So perpetual chess, chess journeys. Mm-hmm. That was really, you know, uh, very much just a private thing. You know, I was, um, yeah. you know, doing research, playing a bit against the bots, listening, uh, just building up my knowledge, learning about about the chess world. I thought you were about to say I started playing all these bots. I had a long journey, so I would play the bots while I was driving. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the road's pretty straight out here and you know towards the Inland Empire, but um but no, not a good idea. Okay, okay. Okay, interesting. So you you get some sort of chess knowledge from podcasts, you're playing bots. Have you are you playing any humans or are you playing exclusively bots at the beginning? For the first three months it was exclusively bots. I, I'm definitely one of those folks, even now with uh, uh anxiety, you know, I'd much rather kind of learn than play. And that mm-hmm. only gets you so far. Um, but the the first dabbling I did with playing um, against real people, um, which I still do today, is the the correspondence games, like the daily games on mm-hmm. on chess.com. Um, I have a pretty busy life, um, and it's hard to carve out the time. And that's probably the single biggest challenge on my chess journey right now is is carving out that time. But the daily games kind of fit into that, um, you know, um, uh, allow me to work around it. But yeah. Definitely a lot of, um, I've seen a, f- a few folks I think have been on your podcast and talked about the, the daily games. They're, they're fun and you can learn some stuff from it, but you have access to the opening book. You have a- access to the Explorer. Um, I, I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't help my chess um, improvement at all, but I still enjoy it. So I still do it a bit. You know what you could do? You could just put yourself at a huge disadvantage and not use the openings book or Explorer or anything and then I've just thought, lose every I've, game. I've thought about it, yeah, but then I feel that that you know it doesn't sound all that enjoyable too. Um, yeah. There's not a level playing field, but um, I do sometimes set up a position on a board and, and and try and do that. But then you know, before I play it, I might you know <laughs> yeah. take a look. That's cool. Um, I think the whole bot thing is so fascinating because um, my daughter still, well, I guess not as much, but especially when she started, she really didn't want to play other humans on even like chess kit or something and i was like i i never could quite get that 
because I think I started sort of at a different time where that wasn't really an option even. Um, and so I thought it was really interesting where I'd be like, okay, but what's the difference between the bot and playing a really bad human? And she's like, oh, no, no, they're very different. And I was like, okay. So yeah, it's interesting <laughs> here. I've heard this from a number of people, right? That there's some psychological barrier between like a bot is just like a training dummy and doesn't judge you in your mistakes somehow, or even another, you know, like 400 level human who is also making horrible mistakes. It's like a fear that they're judging you while making their own terrible mistakes. So, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, the whole anxiety about playing, I think is, you know, I'm like, I'm like a grown adult and I'm in general have done okay in life and I'm playing something which is incredibly humbling to pick up something new and complex from the beginning. Um, and you, know, you can feel like, am I wasting my time, really? <laughs> if you if you lose those things, and against the bot, like you say, I'll oh, just close the app, put the phone yeah. down. You know, it is. Um, uh, I I still feel that humbling. Overcoming is is. Yeah, it's brutal. I still feel the humbling thing every week. I either made the mistake of doing this, or it was a good thing. But my classes all know I'm a teacher. So they all know on Wednesday it's chess night. And so then they ask me the next day how it went. And they all are cheer rooting for me to win, at least. They give that illusion. But boy, do they love when I lose to 11-year-olds, right? They're like, so, did you play an 11-year-old last night? I'm like, I did. And they're like, did they win? <laughs> so it's fascinating to them that their adult teacher gets whooped by someone the age of their little siblings in this game that's supposed to be about you know intellectual achievement or something at least that's how they view it yeah i mean after my after my tournament i shared with a few of the you know folks on my team at work and they asked you know did you lose to any you know eight or ten year olds and i said i only lost to one right that i only lost to one eight-year-old and that was actually a, like that's a good outcome yeah yeah exactly uh it is uh it is an interesting thing we've chosen uh about the only field on earth where little children can walk in and crush adult spirits so it's uh it's, it's quite interesting okay so you jumped into chess it sounds like you you got in how a lot of people do doing some training playing some bots do you have an initial rating you want to point to as kind of our starting point like where where did that first rating settle in at when you did start playing some humans so in the in the correspondence games, the daily games on chess.com, I started at like 12, 50, 1300. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not much better than that now. And I, I think that um, speaks to the, um, I have a much, I have a, you know, a skill deficit to doing things on the clock in real life deficit versus the knowledge. I think the knowledge can get you quite some ways in the daily games if you're patient and, you know, take your time. But um I, I learned very sharply, you know, later in my first year when I started playing, even with rapid, like 15 plus 10 rapid games, um, how truly terrible I was at tactical vision and so on when you can't, you know, um, play out on a screen, you've got to visualize it um, in in your head. But yeah, so that gave me a, definitely a full sense of confidence in my in, in my rating because um, playing the, the rapid and even worse blitz, worse blitz player, um, uh, where, where we're far below that. Gotcha. Okay. So where did your, say, rapid sort of first rating settle at? In that, 
like a thousand eleven hundred. That's still really good. Yeah, today today I'm I'm in around thirteen hundreds on Chestercom Rapid, and I play. You know, after I've been playing for around a year, started playing some five plus five mm-hmm. again. Humbling how poor my um, ability on the clock is, and at least chess is like fourteen hundred, which I think is probably like eleven hundred on chess.com. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and then even like Lee Chess doesn't count five five as blitz, which I find funny. They're like, yeah. oh, it's gotta be five. I think it's five four they count as blitz, but not five five. <laughs> like, okay, sure. Sure, Lee yeah. Chess. No increment, no fun for me, I think, because that's too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the increment. I, I have to um let everyone know I finally did cross two thousand for rapid, but um not on chess.com <laughs> i was like i really want a 2000 rating so i played enough games to have a real rating on lee chess it had just been provisional before then and i've settled in at just over 2000 so well, um, congratulations i hope that the the gap between the two sites converges as you get up to the to the upper end so i would yes but it's a, it's a lot higher unfortunately i'm not i'm not 2000 i'm aware of this but it's okay it's just nice to have one place where i can have a rating with the two in front of it yeah i have to go leeches puzzles i'm like 2000 there so you know. oh that's pretty good <laughs> and leeches puzzles are it's funny i find leeches puzzles to be much much harder than chess.com and i think i figured out the reason chess.com gives partial credit and leeches does not so like if you get that really hard first move and then you mess up later, they'll give you like two points. Whereas Lee Chess is like, no, you got to get it all. That's minus twenty seven, and you're like, no. Yeah, the it's funny the the reason I landed on Lee Chess for tactics rather than Chess.com is I think on Chess.com, the time taken to solve it uh, is a big factor as well. You know, this this should be solved in twelve seconds, yeah. and after that you don't get many points. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just, my brain's just not quick enough for that. I'm, a, I'm an old man. Yeah. Uh, whereas Lee Chess, Leeches, I can take my time, set it up on a board if I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, different, kind of, different kind of learning. Yeah, and I think for me, I've really migrated over to Leeches a little bit more for puzzles because I can do them the right way, as I call it, which is like go through the steps of, okay, before I even solve it, if it was my opponent's turn to move, what would they do? I find my move, and then I take a couple more steps and it's like, okay, well, how are they going to respond? Do they have something devastating? Even though I found something awesome, do they have a devastating response? And if I do all that on chess.com, then I get penalized. And after a while, I find that I just stopped doing it because I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't take that penalty. I want all the points. Yeah. If you if, if you get close to zero for the ones you get right and you lose points for the ones you get wrong, it's it's only going to go south. So, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. I, get, I only can get five because I take too much time to get them right. So and also Lee Chess has that really cool feature where they'll sort of break down how you're doing with each of the different categories of puzzles. And I really appreciate that as well. Okay. So it sounds like pretty quickly you realized that your tactical vision wasn't quite where you wanted it to be. So where did you start your actual study? So you said you started playing daily games. You started playing some rapid games. Are you just playing games in there or are you already studying something? No, I am already um, buying chess books and putting them on my book- bookcase. That was Love the, that. Uh, yeah. 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 So I did, I read a couple of, uh, so simple chess, mm. winning chess strategies, uh, logical chess, move by move, Chernev. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found, I mean, 
perpetual chess is all these you know book reviews and so on it's a really expensive habit to listen to those because i always want to buy the books <laughs> but but i mean e even from those three things i just mentioned you can see that's more like positional focus oh. and not oh. the tactics. i didn't really enjoy doing tactics so whilst i may have i may have understood that that was where i needed to focus doesn't mean i actually focused on it for a while i sort of maybe denial or deferred deferred that to think about the stuff which i enjoy which is maybe more like the classic chess games and yeah. learning about the evaluation and positional features but understanding the knowledge of the game so did you yeah. get a lot of games then where you would get really frustrated because you're like i'm playing a great positional game and then they ruin the game by like doing this weird tactic yeah like, i still I do myself do that still do <laughs> yeah i still i still find myself in that in that you know um I'm tw 22 moves in i've got a beautiful position i've got the bishop pair and so mm -hmm. on and then you know i my both my rooks get forked by a bishop or something you know and it's yeah 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 okay okay that's tough so you're you're understanding maybe my tactics aren't quite where they need to be but that's okay i'm having fun learning about chess how to actually like play chess the knowledge of chess positions and that's what i'm enjoying when do you get to a point where you're like, okay, that enjoyment is great and all, but I'm losing too many tactical games? Or have you not gotten there yet? Um, I think I've gotten there just about now. But, you know, in, in the sort of second half of, you know, my first year, I also watched, I landed on YouTube videos. I never thought I was a video learner. Um, in, in general, in my life, my, my learning style is, you know, you read around the topic, you build the framework, and you start filling in the gaps. But mm -hmm. um, John Bartholomew, Chess Fundamentals, Climbing the Raiden Ladder, and then Daniel Narodisky's speed run videos were really um, in instrumental in helping me understand what I or what I didn't know, but also helped me understand like thought process. Mm -hmm. But at the turn of the like, after I've been doing this for a year, I thought you know I really need to um, get out of my comfort zone and do the things which I know I'm not great at. So I. Uh, I've started playing quite a bit of the the, the five plus five of Leeches, and that again really reinforced the tactical uh, gaps in in my play, and um, started doing a lot more Puzzle Rush, which I'm a little I have a love hate relationship with with Puzzle Rush, mm -hmm. but um, definitely good for for pattern recognition, um, and um, still not really. I think I like bought some tactics books which is like half the battle right i think i bought the uh you know sarah wan's is winning chess tactic tactics and read through a few chapters of that but i still um hadn't maybe fully fully internalized that i needed to do the stuff that maybe wasn't naturally enjoyable to me because i wasn't good at it you know mm -hmm. you, you you you've got to get out of your comfort zone and um and bite the bullet um, and I think I haven't really done that until, you know, maybe the last six months when I decided, okay, I, I do want to get out there. I do want to play in an OTB tournament. I need to work on my flaws, not just, you know, the, my flaws, yeah. F-L-O-O-R. Need to work on my flaws and also my flaws. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I wrestle with that myself. I'm, I'll just hold up uh, for you and for anyone who sees this at some point on YouTube. I'm working on the Steps Volume 4, the mix book, and it's so good. I don't know. It's just boring. It's just boring to just like solve not that hard of tactics, but they're just hard enough where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't easy, but 
But it's like, I don't mind doing calculation exercises, right? Like I set up on a board and I'm challenging myself and I feel like I'm really raising my ceiling, but doing something like kind of basic puzzles that aren't super easy that I just instantly get. I don't know. There's something about that, that it feels kind of grueling to me. So I was for a little while, I was like, I'm doing a page a day. And then I would be like, I'm not in the mood to do a page a day. So I would do none. And so now I'm like, every day I'm doing one. I open the book and I do one. And then oftentimes I'm like, I'm going to do five while I'm here. But some days I'm just like, that's it. I'm just doing the one. I cannot bear to do this anymore, but I'll just do the one. So I hear you. I don't know. I feel like we're all wired a little differently. Some people love tactics and can just do a million of them but I, I for some reason that's not me i don't know why i wish it was all right sorry technical difficulty there yeah no problem so you're getting into tactics a little more i guess i want to go back real quick to the video so you said you're not necessarily a video learner but you did really like bartholomew you did really like naraditsky any ideas what it was about those two that kind of like bridge that gap for you between more book learner and videos? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I've thought about it quite a lot. Um, my my typical learning style, like I mentioned, would be to like read around a topic. You kind of get the basics, the structure. And then what I love to do is like sit down with someone and talk to them about it and ask them mm -hmm. questions. And I don't really have, a, you know, or at least not yet, a, a, a network of, uh, of, of chess people I know. So the I think really understand like thought process what they're so good at is they narrate their thought process and john yeah. bartholomew in, in, in particular will talk about his candidate moves and talk about the different lines he's following down and that really really helped me understand okay so that's what that's what i should be doing during the games so i think it was in the absence of being able to to talk something through uh, i do hope to start going to a local chess club soon but in the absence of that the the videos really i think filled that gap yeah, and it sounds like that video style especially is more of an interactive kind of forcing you to be active listener if that's how you're approaching. If you are viewing it like, I'm having a conversation with John Bartholomew, I'm thinking like, well, why not this move? And then he's telling you actually, oh, I can kind of read your mind here. You're probably thinking, why not this move? Um, so it's, it's a, it is kind of a way to have that conversation. And I agree that this is how I've played most i'm a pretty big card gamer and i usually can go from like newer to a game to being one of the better players if i have someone i know who plays it so like my friend was the world champion of this card game he brought me into and within like two months boom i wasn't the best but i was right in that crew it was all because he would beat me game after game after game and he would sort of narrate his destruction of me like so this is why I'm doing this. You made this mistake here and I'm taking advantage of it by doing this and this and this. And then, you know, just like enough of that interaction helps. I too, I feel like I have this network of chess, but I don't have someone that I feel like I can just sit down with every day, have them destroy me and explain step-by-step step how they're doing it. I feel like that's like the one thing that's missing both in my training and most people's training. Like, I don't think I've ever met anyone who has that other than like, those kids who are like in some chess academy whose, you know, coaches did that for them. And I, I wonder if that's one of those distinctions between how kids are able to make huge jumps who have that, that type of, of network versus adults who I don't know any who have that network. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess out there, um, if you're a 
a trainer, you don't have to be super high level. Even if you're like 1800 or something, you want to offer that service. I'm sure people would really enjoy. Well, hopefully they would enjoy that. It can be really challenging to have someone every time you make a move go, well, that was a terrible move. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and you're like, really? Do I make any good moves? And they're like, I'm going to be frank. No, no, you don't make any good moves. <laughs> uh, that was the nice thing about having it be such a close friend. I could be like, okay, I know he's not doing this to humiliate me. And then sometimes <laughs> he'd be like, no, I am. It's great. This really, uh, it's a good equalizer in our friendship. Okay. So um, you are, you use your videos. You had conversations with John Bartholomew virtually. Um, did you develop an opening repertoire from Naraditsky's uh, speed run? Because it seems like that would be a pretty cool way to do it. I, I I think you're right. It would be, and I, and I I that's not how I approached it. I think I, so I do use Chessable, um, but not not to you know to a lot of depth. I have some of the the short and sweet courses. So, um, I think the first I had was the Christoph Selecki Keep It Simple. So I play the Karakana's Black, um, okay. and, and 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 the Slav, and then play the Scotch as White. And hmm. I like the courses. I know, and I've I've heard enough through the the podcast and the engagement I've had to know that I shouldn't be spending a lot of time on opening. So I like the courses that are, you know, 12, 14, 16 lines. I'll have a basic idea of a few of the plans um, and a few of the opening moves. And then after that, um, I'm on my own and then push further down the line. I would love to get to, you know, move 14 every game on some memorized line, but, but it's just, um, I have pretty limited time to, to spend on chess each week my progression is not going to be all that quick it's not where i should be spending my time yeah especially since at the lower levels your opponents probably aren't getting there anyway with you and then at the higher levels they're deviating on purpose to take you out of the book and so you're kind of like where where is the sweet spot where it actually matters to memorize all this that that's become a little bit less clear to me as i go along i feel like the short and sweet courses are the ideal for chess ball. I almost feel like uh, most people should not buy opening courses that just get the short and sweets and then buy other courses. So like I've, I'm now at 21 day chessable streak. It's my new high in a while. And it's just the woodpecker. I just get up, you know, throughout the day, I carve out a little time for the woodpecker. And that's how I've been using my chess ball these days. Yeah. I think the other chess ball, I did do a few of the basic tactics, um, like, extremely basic tactics but mm. you know i learned when i first started playing um five plus five like i'll miss hanging pieces all the time and there's one one game which is yeah. seared into my memory where my opponent hung his queen twice and i didn't realize until after the game you know that pretty humbling to the point to my point earlier um oh, there are some there's some great free tactics courses on chessable as well which just you know for the the, the very basic not 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 the, the the like the book i'm doing now but um so i've i cycle through those occasionally as well yeah, and that's just like so hard, right? There's there's no tactics course that's like, hey, you should take your opponent's hanging pieces because it's hard <laughs> to sell that course. The whole course is just like a queen hanging there, and then you grab it, and you're like, wait, I paid money for this course. You you can go to Lee Chess Puzzles, and there is a theme called hanging pieces. So I confess, oh. I twice, you know, after some awful game, that's been like, man, I really need to just start taking free pieces. Okay. Good, good. There's there's a uh in Susan Polgar's defensive book. Actually, is it Susan? I think it's Susan. And her defensive uh she has got a five book series, and one of them is defensive puzzles. And that one has a bunch of like run away and 
get the hanging piece and that kind of stuff. And that actually really helped uh, my daughter just be a little bit better at hanging pieces because that's that's just the thing that haunts everyone. And the lower you are, the more haunting it is. Yeah, and I think that the next level up from that is the whole, you know, undefended pieces. And uh, Bartholomew has a, has, a, has a great fundamental video on that, that undefended pieces are a magnet for tactics. And the more you learn about tactics, the more you realize that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the next step is, this is from what I got from the burger method, is uh, if it's defended, but you're already attacking at once, it's also an undefended piece, right? That was the thing that I was like, wait, what? Oh, I guess that's true. Now, if I do a double attack, that's the second attacker, and it's only defended once. Yeah, so, yeah. and I think related to that, something I still struggle with on the terms of spotting my opponent's tactics is like removing the defender, which is related to that. I think yeah. that piece defended and suddenly, oh, that pawn's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or when you calculate, you know, five moves down, and you're thinking you're safe, but then you're forgetting in that calculation that the defender has actually moved away. And then you get to the moment that you so proudly calculated and then you realize what you've calculated is a losing position. That's the worst, the worst feeling of, uh, yeah, the worst feeling of this, like, don't, you know, it seeps down through you halfway through the combination, like, oh, I have a feeling this isn't going to work. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is terrible. I had one game where I realized the combination wasn't going to work, but I was already too deep into it and I couldn't find a way and like an escape hatch. And I just had to hope my opponent like wouldn't see it and <laughs> shocker, they saw it and I lost. And it's like, all right, I don't know what to do now. And it's tough because it's like a six move combo and it's only move three, but I'm like, well, yeah, no, I'm dead. Cool. Uh, and then I think I showed it to my coach. My coach was like, what are you talking about? You could have just bailed out here. Cause like I get I get a little tunnel vision where once I get into a combination I'm like no I calculated all this I did the work and my brain's like we are doing this and I'm like but brain it doesn't work and it's like I've done so much work I can't give up now I don't know if you have that Tim it's uh my my brain and I have very very interesting conversations <laughs> okay so uh, you've been using some videos uh, did you transition there into doing more tactics so it sounds like you've done some openings work but you're trying to be i don't know it sounds like responsible and minimalistic about it yeah um some yeah with the like the chess.com puzzles and the lead chess puzzles uh dabbled a little bit in uh in end games but just the the, the classic silman book the first you know three mm. first three chapters of that just i mean if i if if I've made it to the end game in a relatively equal position, I've got a 50-50 shot, right? <laughs> and you just got to hope um, you learn some basic king opposition and, you know, king activity and just hope that kind of gets you through it. Okay. But, you know, that kind of brings us up to, you know, um, if my chess journey is two years, 18 months in, and then this is when I decided, you know, started to think a lot about like the why why am i spending my time doing this why am i you know making my brain work hard after a long day at work or getting up early to go to the office to do chess before i work and yeah. um i really decided that i wanted to push myself out of the comfort zone start playing otb uh, start getting a chess coach taking it a little more seriously not with any big aspirations of rating gains but to you know stop being on the fence and just kind of dive in a little bit um so then i i did suck it up and try and do you know tactics every day 
Um, and that was the big thing. One of the big things that my coach recommended immediately, you know, saw a few of my games. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick diagnosis there, son. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. by the way, I still get that diagnosis. Every coach who looks at my games is like, your positional understanding is phenomenal. Why are you just bad at chess? Like just study tactics. It's the easy thing. And I'm like, I do. This is not <laughs> fair. Uh, okay. So you're doing some Lee chess puzzles. You're doing some chess.com puzzles. It sounds like you've got a puzzle book. Um, how much time do you feel like you're spending each day on tactics? And do you think it's enough? Um, I probably spend, I, in total during a week, maybe I'll, 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 I'll play a couple of rapid games and um, by which you mean up play game, go through it. I love, actually really enjoy reviewing my own games because um, when you win, you know, or make good moves, you can feel proud of that. And when I lose, I can go through and be like, it was maybe four bad moves out of 30. You know, 26 yeah. moves weren't too bad. Uh, that helped me process and move on from that. So I'll play a few games a week and then try and spend, you know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe three times a week working through. Um, working through the the Polgar puzzle book I have, mm. and that's setting the puzzles up on the board, um, writing down the answers, trying to do it properly. Nice. Um, which is more time consuming, but even just the couple of months that I've been doing that, I can feel that the the my ability to calculate is less mm. bad than before. Okay, so you feel like your calculation is getting better. I guess I think, my question I is: you... calculate. Well, I think. I my calculation maybe my visualization is getting better but my ability to calculate the right moves is uh, is it's not I think you've shared similar things on on your podcast as well spotting my opponent's candidate moves is mm -hmm. is you know I can calculate the wrong lines really well <laughs> weird sounds like we're twins yeah I'm the master of calculating the wrong lines like I can go so deep and so accurately and on move two my coach is like wait wait why don't we stop here and discuss <laughs> what you're even doing like why are you choosing that move yeah that's the hard part I, I don't know even like i'm still a bit mystified on how i address that like that just feels like getting better at all phases of the game yeah i remember when i was very first coming to chess i, I was like wait wait i need to figure out not just my best moves i have to figure out their best moves too are you crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's not so bad the first move but now we're like in a board that doesn't even exist and we have to somehow still continue to find all of our opponent's best moves. Not even their good moves, their best moves. Ah, so challenging. Okay, so you do feel like your calculation is getting a little bit better, which is great. How about pattern recognition? Do you feel like you're just seeing more tactics easily that are just kind of popping out to you or does it still feel like you're really having to work very hard each position identifying themes um i don't know exactly how you're how you even try to spot tactics in your game so i think pattern recognition for tactics on the on the board i feel as definitely definitely advanced it's the spotting the the patterns a move or two in the visualization that i still struggle with and that's one i worked a bit through um with my coach when reviewing a game he'll ask, what would you have done if your opponent moved this? I'm like, mm. oh, easy. Rook to B2. And then he'll show like two moves later, I, I lost a piece. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's not some, you know, uh, particularly high level tactic. It's quite a basic tactic, but being able to see it a few moves down the line mm -hmm. um, is, is, is definitely still a challenge. 
Yeah. Okay. I hear you. I think the book that helped me the most for that is Chess Tactics from Scratch. But I do feel like that book is a little bit more advanced, right? That's like you do have a really good handle on the different types of tactics. And now that is like looking at potential bases for a tactic to emerge from like, okay, my knight is here. I can move my knight to this square and it would fork these two other squares. If they had powerful pieces on that square, then I would have a fork. Do I have a way to lure their pieces onto those squares? Just kind of things like that, that I've gotten a little bit better at thinking about, but it still can be really hard to make it all happen. Like I feel proud of myself where I'll be like, Ooh, man, my knight's covering these two squares. And then they're like, my pieces aren't anywhere near those squares. I'm like, I know, but it's a base. And they're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I'm not going to those squares. And I'm like, fine, don't go to those squares. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I hear you is what I'm saying. It is a work in progress. And I think we're all trying to work through it. So you said you're spending like 45 minutes, three times a week doing that. That sounds pretty good. Are you meeting with this coach every week or are you uh doing more sporadic meetings no it's been so i just started working with a uh coach he's uh, fm nate solon he's been on been on your pod oh, uh, nice. uh, and so we when i decided to jump in at you know finally just just sign up for one of these tournaments rather than just like thinking about signing up for one of these tournaments i uh i i reached out and started working with nate and so met met with had one lesson before we've had three lessons since the tournament which we've really been focused on 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 game review so from the tournament which we'll probably talk about in a little bit game review from the tournament and then um working on a, a training plan which you know if if in total i'm only spending i don't know let's say four to five hours on chess a week it's not going to be a big complicated training plan so mm -hmm. keeping it simple it's like this tactics book playing and reviewing some games and that's probably all i have time for right now in my life and i just kind of need to be okay with that okay that sounds good. Nate sounds like uh, a person who'd be a really great coach. He also seems like a person who would understand that limitation, right? Of like, I have five hours a week. I've met with coaches who are like, step one, let's make that 10. And you're like, well, like, that's great and all. Like, I love your thought process here, but that's not the reality of, of life. Yeah. And it gets to the, to, to, to the why and we'll, I, you know, would love to, Nothing more than to be able to spend the ten to twenty hours on 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 chess, and I, you know, maybe further down the road in my life I will be able to, you know. But between you know my family and my kids and my job and my sleep and my health, chess is 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 got to slot into all of that, uh, mm -hmm. and that's been a process of letting go of this idea that I'm going to be some wonderful chess player. I just want to you know get myself out of my comfort zone, learn something, meet some people, um, and and be happy with that. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a really healthy approach. Yeah, it's, so, it's, I'm, I'm halfway there inside. It sounds good when I say it. <laughs> yeah, I say that sometimes too. And then I'm, and then my brain's like, really? You're, you're going to just going to lie like that blatantly. Really? Okay. All right. Keep up the lie if you want. You know, you want to get better. Um, so you did go to your, I believe it was your first over the board chess tournament. Was that your first over the board chess event entirely? Or had did you do like find a club you were able to play with people at before you went to the big tournament? Now it was the the first over the board chess ex, um, experience. I've I've been to a, uh, you know, like a, a chess social night here in LA with a couple of friends, and we just played against each other, not against other people, because that would be too scary. Um, so yeah, pretty much, pretty much my first experience. You know, I had to you know 
by the board and the pieces and mm. you know listen to uh omar's um episode on your podcast where he talked about first um first tournament experience and you know um uh, watched a few videos so yeah i didn't really know quite what to expect but yeah played the southern california open um and into the deep end right three-day tournament you know i was telling my friends oh the games are probably three to four hours and they're like each yeah <laughs> yeah um what did you do to prep for this tournament so um aside from you know have my first first um session with, with with nate and and so he recommended doing tactics on the board writing them down that's mm. as much to practice the notation because that was something which you know, i've never done mm. just notation before um but yeah not really too much special other than that i decided to take the approach that this first tournament is just to find my baseline right mm. and that might be six and zero might be zero and six um and i'll do the tournament I will review some of the games with my coach. I'll take stock in a month and, and see how I feel. So not 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 much special for that. I did um, try and fill in some of the glaring gaps in my in my opening repertoire. You know, the I don't know what move two is against this. Mm-hmm. At least kind of like fill in that. So just so I had some level of comfort coming to sit down at the board. Okay. So you worked on your opening repertoire a bit, which was very basic. <laughs> worked <That's> on <laughs> tactics. Worked on sort of like getting used to seeing chess over the board writing notation had you done a lot of work with a physical board before that or was it mostly uh 2d i had done some I, i'm really i'm very fortunate i have a corner in the living room with a with a with a proper chess table oh, that's cool okay. uh, so but um mostly to the it's mostly been um like playing through the master games from churnet's book for example i would do that over the board um i'm play a little bit against uh um a, a friend of mine just 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 casual um but but had not done anything with like chess clock not done anything with the notation um and i think for i might give advice for anyone really going into their first first tournament my, my performance was as much driven by how comfortable i was how much i understood what was going to be expected um you know very far outside of my comfort zone um and and so i think you know that's a, a great a great where area to focus on preparation is just knowing what you're walking into and just try and not stress out, try and not, you know, yeah. um, uh, underperform because of that. Yeah. I also like to say, don't put much stock in the results of your first tournament like that, unless you do really well, that's fine. Go ahead and cherish that. But like, if you have a terrible tournament, half of it might've just been like, all right, I didn't realize the food was going to be this limited. I didn't bring enough food. I didn't realize this was going to be an issue. So I stressed about it the whole time. And it's it's hard to just make it be about being successful in chess. So the, as many steps as you can take to do that uh, can be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I had a, so I went uh, after four games, after the end of day two, I was one and three. And I had the, you know, heart to heart with myself on the drive back home. Mm-hmm. like tim there's a good chance you're going to end this one and five okay so what are you going to take away from it and I, I think i played my best chess on the third day so that that really helped right. yeah it was really cool because uh you were basically the featured board right like the featured boards just in quotes were like behind ropes and at the front of the room you couldn't even get to them but yeah. tim was playing at the back by the water like every time i could walk by i could watch tim's game for a little bit so it felt to me like you were very much the featured board did you feel that at all in the event? Like, wow, I'm really on display in the spot? Or were you just like 
engrossed in your own chess? I was mostly engrossed in my own chess. At least I had, mm. um, I think the game at the end of the, 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 the second game on the first day, which I think we talked about was I lost to a very sweet eight-year-old Greek kid who was on mm. vacation talked to his family afterwards or on vacation from Greece he was like you know played in the under eight Greek championship so that helped me process afterwards being like oh so that's why I that's why yeah. I that's why I hung my rook and then didn't spot the spot the fatal fork <laughs> <laughs> um, but no I, I did feel too much like that but it was definitely set up that way which I guess I hadn't thought about like I know I've heard talk about people coming and looking at your games and thinking at the time oh that would probably feel weird mm -hmm. um, but I did try and just sort of block that out Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because I wanted to to watch your game a little more, but I was like, I don't really want Tim to feel like people are watching his games and then like have extra pressure. So I wasn't really sure how much I should look at your game and how much I shouldn't. It was kind of interesting. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Especially since my own games went so terribly in that tournament. And after a while, I was just like, you know what I can't do is watch my own game unfold into the burning pile of garbage that it has become uh that was, that was a hard tournament tim i'm glad you enjoyed it that was the first tournament i've ever left early from um was, was it six rounds or seven rounds six yeah six okay so after round five i knew i was done and i was like i could just kind of plow through and play and if i lose i lose but it was an opportunity where I was like, I hadn't seen my family this weekend. So I kind of was like, you know, I can just spend the whole rest of the day with the family. The first game ended quickly. I basically have the whole day. I can sit in this hotel for four hours and wait for the next round. Or I can just go home and hang out with my family. So that's how I justified it to myself. It wasn't like I'm quitting. It was like I'm making a different choice of how I'm going to spend the rest of this day. But it was a it was a tough one, Tim. That was a really hard tournament. Yeah, I am. Um... Overall, so I went, I went three and three. Oh, um, that's great. Was like so I, I was, I was, I was one and three, and then played probably my best chess on the, uh, on the last day. I mean, I, in one game, I, I hung a knight on move seven. In another game, I miscalculated a tactic on move twelve, and also, also hung a knight. So um, at least I had some very quick opportunities for improvement. Stop hanging pieces during the openings. That's the uh, that was that was it. Um, you were like, so what I have to do is buy chessable courses and memorize those openings better, so I don't hang pieces, right? I think it's it's dangerous. So the reason um in the reason I hung a piece of move seven was I thought I remembered the line and the bishop goes here and no no that was not the that was not the right move because it prevented the queen from defending the knights mm -hmm. and it really really simple very really simple things but I actually fought back and won that game. Whoa, so okay. in my, my my opponent, who was also another eight-year-old kid, managed to uh, he moved his king to the wrong square, and uh, I won his queen and both rooks in three moves. Oh, I saw that game. It, like from my, I saw it a few times, and it looked like you had a little bit of an attack, and then it looked like it had petered out. And I was like, oh, I can't tell. Is Tim gonna lose this now? Like, has he lost control of the game, or is it just gonna be like a draw? And then I come back like. Four minutes later and you're gone. And I was like, what? I did not think this game was going to end anywhere near this fast. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I, I, I caught a bit of a break, you know, I caught a bit, a bit of a break there, but, um, but I had, I mean, I had a really, really great time. Medica, you know, there was some, it's, it's a real mix. It's kind of wild in that under 12 hundreds unrated section, Re real mix of, you know, I think the youngest kid that was six um, played three, 
uh, eight or nine year olds, but you know, also found some folks of my vintage as well. Um, and you know, got to do one post mortem in the bar afterwards, um, which was nice. Um, although the game I played was not all that nice, but the post mortem was nice. Yeah. And um, definitely through go going through the games um, with with Nate, not looking at the engine until I've gone through them, which is really hard, uh, r r really tough. But I've you know walked away with like eight eight things you know eight, eight eight learnings and i think that's what getting a coach has been great as well because you know i don't need a coach to tell me i i hung a night on move seven i figured that out on move eight right but um but he's really um able to provide you know positional insights um ask what would you have done if your opponent did this um and in some areas said that move was not a bad move but you know what would have been a more practical intuitive and easy to play move would have been this yeah. and so i think that's um that's been been uh really valuable too that's awesome and it seems like again nate also doesn't have a ton of time so i think that kind of resonates with him like this this approach of having minimal time so let's make sort of the easy sensible move rather than trying to find like the most complicated thing it just seems like to be something he's been into lately so i guess yeah. coming out of this tournament are were you like excited and motivated by chess and thinking like i want to do more tournaments or you're like wow that was really grueling i don't want to do that for a while like what's your takeaway um i was really uh enthused i really enjoyed it i was really i mean i was wiped out i'd taken the day off uh, uh for the tuesday after the tournament Smart. Uh, and it is it is exhausting both from the mental exertions and also i'm an introvert there's a lot of people it's a lot of time with other people so, you know, rest and recovery day was really important, but no, definitely in, in encouraged to go out and do more, um, finding that balance in, in life. You know, I, there's in Southern California, there's maybe what, like four to six big tournaments a year. And I, I'm maybe my schedule will allow me to, to get to three of them. So just finding that right, um, cadence, um, I hope to join, there's a, um, San Gabriel Valley chess club, I think it is somewhere. And, um, meets once a week and I, I think you do something similar where they, they do their weekly swiss tournaments for example okay. the dabbling a bit there i think can get a little bit of otb and then a couple of times a year maybe doing some of the, the big tournaments yeah and i think the nice thing to recognize with those tournaments is like you don't have to think like i have to make it every week now you can just take buys like some people take buys most of the time and they just yeah. come when they're able to and as long as you can let the club know ahead of time it's really not a negative for anyone it's just a great opportunity to have a place you can go play on the weeks when you're able to yeah no that that's great advice because i i actually hadn't wasn't sure whether I, i'd be able to take take buys in a tournament like that but if, if they offer that that's definitely great because you know i let's say i i can do three of those five wednesdays yeah and that's usually totally fine i mean at least every club i've seen has been like that yeah. we had someone show up this week at our club it was really interesting so i was really not feeling well and i've been sort of fighting some fatigue issues and i was like oh, i really shouldn't go tonight but if you if you tell them the day of it is a big problem right and so i had already been paired against somebody rated 1900 and i was like all right here's the deal if i lose to this person it doesn't matter i lose like one rating point i learn something about my game even if i'm tired it's fine I'll, i'm always playing these long turns where i get tired at the end so i'll just do it but then i get there and they're like here's your opponent He's never played an over-the-board chess tournament before. And he sits down and he's like, I don't really, I'm not really comfortable with the clock, but I know I have to hit it. And I was like, okay. And then 
he doesn't have like paper or anything. And I was like, Hey, there's score sheets over there. So he goes to get one in a pen, but he's not writing his moves down. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, Oh man, like I'm so not in the right frame to play chess tonight. And if I lose to this person, I'm not going to be happy with myself. Right. <laughs> and for all I know, he's amazing. Right. Cause there's online opportunities. So he could be one of the greatest chess players in the world. Um, and then I, uh sacrificed a pawn then i blundered a pawn and now i'm just down two pawns and i was like oh my goodness and luckily my opponent didn't even make any big blunders he just made a couple sort of smaller missteps and i was able to kind of reclaim some pawns and then the end i won one more pawn and, and he ended up resigning but it was one of those moments where you're just kind of like uh, and I'm trying to be really nice because he's a new player to the club and I want to be welcoming. But at the same time, I'm like, I also have to win. Like, there's no there's no maybes here. I just have to. And the funniest moment, though, is he wasn't writing his moves down. The person who wrote, who's the TO comes over and is like, hey, you need to write your moves down. And he's like, I'd rather not. I just want to play chess. That's what I'm here for. And he was like, well, um, you also need to write your moves down. <laughs> so it was a very interesting moment where I was like, okay. This is very interesting. Like the new person comes and doesn't quite know what to expect and would rather just play some chess. And it's like, okay, that's what we are doing, but there's a little more structure to turn. So it's kind of gets back to what you were saying of like knowing what you're getting into, I think would have made him have a little bit better experience. Cause I think he was kind of annoyed when it was like, you have to write your moves down. He's like, well, that's one more layer that I don't really want to do today. So it was kind of interesting. All right. Well, Tim, you went to a tournament, so you know a question has to come next. What is your rating coming out of the tournament? I'm the uh, the proud owner of a provisional 806. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's is, pretty good. Um, I mean, I two of the I played two other um, unrated players, and then you know there was a a guy I played who was like 1050, and then a couple of the kids were in like the 700s, 800s. Um, so you know, I was, I was pleased with that. I was not going to focus too much on it because I know um, those. It takes a while for the rating to kind of like you know reach a stable amount, so it's going to be kind of volatile. But yeah, um, eight hundred six. I mean, in five of the six games, around the games through chess.com, you know, after reviewing with the coach, and they're an accuracy in there, you know, eighty eighty to eighty five percent for most of those games. Well, one of them in the sixties. Um, so I felt I you know. I came out three and three. I felt even the games I lost, I kind of battled, or at least I knew why I lost. Um, and um, the only way is hopefully up. I mean, you know, <laughs> at least for the for the next one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna try not to get too invested um, in that in that rating. But we'll see. Yeah, keep trying. It can be hard not to, but I I, I like the thought. I think especially when you're playing in like the under 1200 section, it can be really hard to get an accurate rating because you're playing with people who are so all over the place, right? Like when you're playing with a seven-year-old kid who has only played a couple rated games, it's really unclear what that kid's rating is, what his tra what their trajectory looks like over the next few months. Um, I feel like it's just, it's just really hard. So I, I feel like having an 800 rating sounds fine right like i don't like i think it's a good idea not to obsess over what it could have been or what it should have been right it's just like these are the opponents i played this was their ratings and this is how i did against them and had i played against different opponents i don't know maybe i would have done differently against them yeah and it's it's higher than my chest.com blitz rating so you know i'll take it there you go there you go <laughs>
slow games so slow games over fast games i think is, is where i'm at right now okay very nice okay so you uh on your journey still going strong two years in you've got one tournament in thinking about doing some more weekly tournaments do you have a big tournament sort of circled on the calendar where you're like family this is the next target or are you still looking for the next one yeah i hope to play the uh the january open i think it's at the same venue as the socal open um mm-hmm. on uh, martin luther king weekend so that's early early to mid-january i think it's the dreaming king open that's okay. my that's my that's, that's that's my target and that's what a couple of three months three three months away um i think there is a there is a rapid um a one day rapid tournament uh, after thanksgiving down a down in a garden grove that i i might try and get to as well uh, assuming you know uh, family commitments allow but yeah yeah january and say if i think if i have like three of these big set piece tournaments a year and then just kind of fill in the gaps with with something to keep it you know keep me humming along then i think that's probably um, good yeah. for me right now that seems like a great idea i think uh, so i'm really torn my next tournament i have circled is november fourth and fifth i think something like that i don't even know what makes that weekend special where they're having a tournament yeah. that weekend but what does make it special for me is i turn 50 on november 2nd so it's kind of like my family's like well it's the weekend after your birthday so you can do whatever you want but you could hang out with us instead and so i'm like really torn i'm like <laughs> you could celebrate my birthday the weekend before and i could go with this tournament so I'm really wrestling with that. Like what I'm most wrestling with yeah. is like, will it be I, a distraction in my brain? Will I be like at the board trying to play and be like, you could be doing this. You could be doing this. Someone's disappointed that you're doing this. And like, I have, I sometimes can have a hard time shutting that out. So we'll see. Yeah. I I, I looked at that, the, the LA Open, but I have, a, I have a, something else planned that weekend, but I totally understand that as well. It's a really big ask. You know, my yeah. my my wife is wonderful and supportive, and got two young kids. To go away for three days is yeah. is a real challenge. I don't do that for anything else, um, and so um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, but it means I've got to be really thoughtful about when I do it. Yeah, I would feel really weird if I was like, "Hey, family, uh, I really like skiing, so I'm going to go on my own private ski vacation for three days." Right? Like, and I'm sure people do that, and it feels legit to them. But I don't know, for some reason, that would feel weird. Whereas, like, abandoning my family to play chess, I've somehow accepted, and they have. So I don't I don't know how this works, but we're making it happen. Uh, all right, Tim. Well, it's been a real pleasure having an opportunity to talk to you. It was really great meeting you. Um, I don't even remember what that was called. What was that the Southern California Open? Is that what it was? Yes. Okay, it was great meeting you there. It sounds like you had a great first tournament um and uh, i'm really excited for you working with nate i think he would like if i had a list of like five coaches i would want to work with like my current coach is definitely on that list and nate would also be on that list so uh that yeah. sounds great yeah. uh, i i resonate with his very pragmatic approach to you know pragmatic and data driven so that's that's kind of me yeah yeah that sounds fantastic well i guess we're both in the la area so uh we should start up a weekly meet up where neither of us time to have do it so we just cancel it each week but we just say we're gonna do it i like that i like that with the chess journeys chess club yeah 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 exactly uh, this is perfect all right tim well i'm sure we'll we'll be in touch offline as well and uh thanks for coming on today and for all of you out there who are 
you know, thinking, uh, well, I'm not gaining the rating points I want. Maybe this will be the week where you do. And if it's not, that's okay. Come back next week. We'll have another guest who can give you some more ideas and possibilities to help you with your journey. Goodbye, everybody.